You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to This is Oklahoma podcast. My name is Mike Hearn. I'm your host. And today I have the pleasure of being sat down with um, Ben Knuckles and Chris Castro of Commonplace Books and the kitchen at Commonplace. Got it. I say that right? Yeah. yeah. Boom, we're done. <laughs> You're a, Let's we go. have people who still, once upon a time, we thought it was going to be called the common table. Yeah. We yeah. have people that still like call it the common table. Yeah. Like only contractors <laughs> and architects ever knew right. it as such. So. Our yeah, building permit, yeah. Our building yeah. permit might actually be uh, in the wrong name. There's probably a bank account too. Yeah, that's probably. Wrong name. Yeah. <laughs> For, yes. Important stuff. Yeah, we got right to <laughs> like we got, we, we, we got we got right to like uh, embezzling money in offshore bank accounts <laughs> right. under a. Uh, All these books right. have cutouts yes, in them with yeah, cash and yeah, yeah, in them. Yeah, the usual case, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Um, <laughs> Like you know, pleasure to have you here uh, to be here, um, and uh, you know we've been trying to set this up for a long time, and a few things have happened, and you know finally making it happen. So it's a pleasure to sit with you. Yeah. I really appreciate your time and to get to share the story. So uh, before we dive into the books and the food, um, give us a little bit of intro about yourselves and you know yeah. how you grew up in Oklahoma. And Chris, you want to go first? Sure. Take it away. So. Uh I I um gosh I don't I feel like I grew up in Oklahoma now I moved here ninety two my parents uh, dragged me kicking and screaming from Southern California to uh, landlocked Oklahoma and Broken Arrow mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> you know it took a while to kind of get to where this was home but I think over the years just getting to appreciate you know I I think like it's it's been a place where for a while we didn't have a lot of things and the, the right people kind of stayed and supported it mm-hmm. and thought you know this is important and we're gonna get behind this and stay here so we can have have something and uh that's been a really cool thing to watch mm-hmm. honestly i mean i think that's why things have happened so quickly here i think just people kind of said enough yeah i'm gonna stay and like instead of like constantly exporting talent started keeping it here and it's really been cool to see what happened um and I've been a graphic designer since 2004 until July of 2018 <laughs> when uh, we opened the kitchen. Yeah. And uh, that's something I still love and community I still definitely want to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the the creative community in Oklahoma City especially mm-hmm. is, is really great. I feel like everybody's really close and very supportive of each other. And that's kind of how I've gotten to know a lot of the people that mm-hmm. I've known from that. And then just food as a hobby i mean i think for me i was uh the last person to get an iphone ever i feel like i didn't want one and then i finally got one and i found instagram and kind of thought hey what if i just take photos of food in a way that's like you know i'm able almost it was like quick blogging it was like enable you know uh able to share with people like recipes or hey i was at the grocery store and found this weird ingredient Mm -hmm. you guys should try it that kind of thing and it just kind of turned into something, and that's been really fun. And all the the community that my wife and I have made through that, and just the the friends we've we've made along the way, from just like a love of food and mm-hmm. really just gathering with people has been really great. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, this is home for me. So a little yeah. bit different from the two of you. You're clearly right. you're clearly <laughs> not from here, uh, and Chris is clearly you know not from here in a lot of ways either. Um, but this is home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, born and raised in Oklahoma City, um, in what 
once upon a time was the far northwest side of the city. So I grew up like, you know, for those who know the area, you know, like kind of Council and Hefner area. Um, And we didn't venture, you know, any further south than Northwest Expressway. Like you didn't have to. There was right? no, yeah, there, yeah, there was no need to, and there wasn't necessarily any real destination mm-hmm. to draw you outside of kind of your little suburban bubble. Um, but when my parents built a home um, in 1984, which I'm aging myself, um, you know, I remember weeds as tall as stop signs at Northwest Expressway Council. Right. So I mean, it was like truly kind of an outer ring suburb yeah. at the time. Um, but after college, uh, had the opportunity to move to Colorado for a couple of years, and I was gone just long enough um, to realize that I really love Oklahoma City in a way that you know transcends mm-hmm. geography or climate or culture or art or any of those kind of kind of material and obvious ways. Um, so um, this would have been like late 2006. I. You know, I decided like, no, I actually like, I want to invest in my hometown and I want to be a part of kind of creating its future. And so moved back to Oklahoma City and when we did kind of moved into what I guess I would call the urban core. So we moved into the Gatewood neighborhood and it was before the Plaza District was even a thing. You know, it was like we had free reign of 16th Street, my kids and their scooters, <laughs> you know, it was basically right. like one monster sidewalk for kids to scooter and we would go down to the little Vietnamese owned convenience store and get an egg roll and a Mexican Coke. And yeah. that was about all you could do in the Plaza District right. back in the day. Um, so anyway, so I've been in the area, kind of in the core for the last 10 years and mm-hmm. um, it's just been a lot of fun to raise my three daughters here and we walk and bike and Uber and they roam around Midtown like it was a cul-de-sac and it's just kind of a beautiful thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So very different backgrounds then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. My, mine of uh, mine of white privilege. I'm the first uh, to admit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thoroughly privileged upbringing. Mm-hmm. I hope I've stewarded the privilege well. So so, so first came the bookstore, right? Yeah. Um, talk, tell us a little bit about that. Where's your love for, for books come from? Was it from college? Did you study yeah, so I mean, in college, I guess college like, stuff like that? You know, no. no. Uh, I mean, I guess like a lot of, you know, Oklahoma boys, like you grew up playing baseball, basketball, football, run track. For me, it was, you know, at golf and tennis, you know. So that's really how I spent my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I was not the kid with, you know, his nose in a book you know that wasn't me at all I just just naturally bright enough to kind of fake my way through school you know grade school middle school high school and even college without a ton of effort not a real studious type Um, but around 23 years of age just you know kind of fell for books hard and fast Um, and they began to kind of shape my my life journey in pretty remarkable ways and just knew that that was going to be become just kind of a real staple and a real source of knowledge and wisdom and information and inspiration and so yeah i mean i guess a late bloomer in a lot of ways but really kind of fell in love with books in my early to mid 20s and uh been reading ever since yeah yeah i I, i'm 28 and i I agree with that because like i said in you know growing up uh, back home i just didn't really read much i read when i went on vacation because i i don't like sitting in the sun so i would just be under an umbrella and i'd read a book while i was on vacation but 
yeah, I definitely, I definitely share that feeling of just, you know, I read minimum ten pages now before I go to bed every yeah. night, um, as you know, just to zone out for a little yeah. bit and get away from my phone, and also because I actually enjoy it. Well, and that's what I always tell people is like, and I think it's one of the things we've tried to accomplish with the bookstore is like. Sometimes we want to divide the world between like people who read and people who don't, you know, and like the people who read can typically be pretty kind of snooty and pretentious about the fact that they're readers yeah. and that they're cultured and that they're well educated and they kind of lord it over people like who watch too much TV, right? right? You know, and they create this false dichotomy about, you know, those who read and those who don't read and it becomes like, you know, the book world can be a very arrogant world. And so, you know, for commonplace, it was like, you know, we want to just kind of turn that on its head and make make books and make reading and make information and wisdom and story like really accessible, you know, to everybody. And again, that's something I think Chris and I really share is like food's the same way, like food and cocktails and wine and spirits, all that. It's like it can be a snooty, pretentious area yeah. world where we try to keep people kind of at arm's length and mm -hmm. like as if there was like only so much information to go around. Right. So like to your point, like, you know, sometimes I read a book a week, sometimes life is busy and parenting, you know, is thick and I'm getting through one a month, you know. Yeah. And to me it's the goal like to me books are not something to be conquered there's something to be enjoyed and so what i tell people is just like always be reading something yeah you know whether it's a book or a long form article or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. just always be reading something so yeah you share the same love of reading you know reading is one of those things that <clears throat> i was kind of the opposite like i read a lot as a kid and uh you know we just grew up super poor and my mom took us to the library once a week and I'd get every book I could get and mm -hmm. just That's blow cool. through them and just couldn't wait for the next trip to the library and then read a lot in college and um I think just growing up Hispanic I didn't like have the same you know there's always these things that like everybody has that they're like oh wow yeah that's a, everybody loves that you know so I, I feel like I got to have a second chance and hmm. I mean stuff like Catcher in the Rye like you know discovered that in college and was like wow this is a great book like why have I never read this you know mm -hmm. and I really into like J.D. Salinger and I've always loved anything like outdoors and stuff like that so I kind of had a renewed love for like classics in, in college which was really fun and then even just enjoying like I have a class and I get to read this book that everyone is mad that they're reading and I'm like thankful to be reading it for the first time you know we're um, back to my white privilege yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it was just great I've got the world at my fingertips <laughs> yeah. and I'm too busy for it and so you know that was that was that was really great and then you know kind of right now just and I think just having access to so many great books mm -hmm. here um it's uh it's kind of something I'm kind of getting back into and I mean I always uh I've always I realized something as an adult too that's kind of Embarrassing or not embarrassing, I don't know, but I realized I'm just, I want to like be a fiction reader. Like I love fiction, mm -hmm. but when I get a book that I really enjoy and finish, it's always nonfiction. Me too. You know, and as much I as I'm like, you, darn it, you know, yeah. poetry is like the the thing that's probably like the most like fun and like loose to read. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, just I, I look at these things and I, they feel like reference in a way, and yeah. they're really fun. Whether it's like cocktails or we're still waiting for Chris or... to read Neruda in Spanish. <laughs> that's right. I'm gonna do that one kitchen. of these days yeah. for yeah. sure. But, yeah, that's awesome. I, I I've been a fan. Like my reading, I usually read like it's always kind of war stuff, right? Mm. So it's either like 
autobiographies of people who've gone to war and they've come back and they they write about it or fiction based on someone who's gone kind of thing and it's loosely close but it's well, not what have you ever put your fingers on like now i'm the one asking the questions yeah. right <laughs> hey, this is fine um, have you put your fingers on like why or what draws you to um, the that I, type of story i don't I've always kind of had like I really enjoy like I love action movies. Yeah. Right? And Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers. Like yeah. Me, me and my wife started a tradition. We watch Band of Brothers every Christmas. Yeah. The whole box set. Um, and it doesn't take longer than four days, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just done. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like never like. I think I feel like the states has a huge military presence, and every family has the ties to someone mm. who's gone. Uh, and my granddad was in the military, and but my brother wants to go to you know to go in the military, younger brother. And I don't know, it just it's very like it's just cool to read the stuff that, that you know they they talk about, and you know not dream of doing stuff like that, right? Because right? it's incredible the stuff that they do, and it's not easy you know to go to war and to fight and and kill people and all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know, I it just it's it's a fascinating read mm -hmm. I guess um, that and I, I was a big fan of Philip Pullman growing up um, and he was I only realized this a couple of weeks ago but he my auntie went to Oxford and studied English in Oxford and her I guess student teacher was Philip Pullman Oh, and wow. I had no idea. That's and I crazy. loved his books through right. you know, like or Neon Lights and all his books and through, like, through when I was like two degrees away. Right. From yeah. Him. And I was like, you didn't tell me that. Like, yeah. Sign book would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No big totally. deal. You. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so your yeah. least favorite aunt, you said? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, actually, she he is actually my said, favorite. Yeah. yeah. He actually yeah. said auntie, which auntie, neither right. you or I could pull off. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, I say my reading probably came from my from my auntie, who yeah. went to you know went to Oxford and went on to be like become an English teacher. It's cool. Um, yeah. Never really thought about it that way, but it's gone. It's really cool to have that. Definitely. Um, Midtown. Yeah. How did we end up in Midtown? Was it something? Because obviously, when like you said, growing up. Midtown wasn't a thing. Yeah. Midtown wasn't really a thing when I came here in 2011. No, and it's... now it's kind of blossomed. Yeah, right? I mean, it's it's beginning to develop, you know, almost exponentially at mm -hmm. this point. Um, you know, where at one point you could kind of wrap your arms around the entirety of what was happening downtown yeah. by way of new restaurants or mm -hmm. apartments or whatever the case may be. And, I mean, now it's like there's a handful of new restaurants that I haven't even been to yet right. that have opened up in the last three months, let alone the last three to five years. So mm -hmm. to me, it's like, I don't know. I guess I have like the strongest affinity for Midtown for whatever reason. You know, I joked about it this morning with a group. I mean, I'm, I'm dressed like Mr. Rogers. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't have a tattoo. The Plaza District's too cool for me. Like, <laughs> You know, I'm not a washed up beatnik poet, so the Paseo doesn't quite seem to fit, you know, for, for, for me either. And so I think I was drawn, you know, I guess for me it, it all began like coffee slingers probably 10 years ago. Like they were kind of the first like, you know, right. true, would you call it gourmet coffee? I don't yeah, know the, the right third word wave. For, or third whatever, wave, yeah. yeah. See, I'm Mr. Rogers. I don't know what third wave is. I'm like, gourmet? It's a gourmet crack. Gourmet? Gourmet. Yeah. It's gourmet coffee? Yeah. Um, it, not Starbucks. Yeah. Was, right. Was, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Past flavored creamer. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I started, you know, I mean, I spent every morning in coffee slingers for about five years. And so that Midtown truly became 
you know, and those of you who don't know, Slingers is at 10th and Broadway mm-hmm. for context. It's like, you know, so for me, this became my neighborhood. You know, I officed in the central business district, but like found myself like in Slingers every day and kind of holding court and having all my meetings off site there. And again, just developed a real strong affinity for Midtown. Um, and so as I, I, it was kind of, I guess it was my neighborhood of choice. Um, and then, you know, from Gatewood ended up in Mesta and a short stint in Heritage Hills and then kind of into like apartment living here in Midtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we were thinking about, you know, commonplace, you know, we did our due diligence and we looked at a lot of buildings and a lot of district. I mean, in a lot of districts, we knew the core was where we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But um, to me, Midtown was always at the top of the list. And if I'm honest, it was the only district on the list um, because of that affinity and that history. And then quite honestly, I mean, this is not to take away from what's happening in any other part of town, but it um, it went first. I mean, oh, yeah. it was it's where the you know, where speculators bought property 20 years ago. It's where amazing developers like Midtown Renaissance, you know, began buying and redeveloping historic properties. Mm-hmm. So it was the most it's kind of the furthest along in terms of being a neighborhood where you could actually dwell mm-hmm. and not just frequent, but actually conduct kind of the business and the routine of your life. Right. So it was the most mature. And then I think because of that, um, it was also the most kind of diverse in terms of its makeup. So it didn't represent like any one particular subculture, if you will. You know, so you have like, you know, very white collar you know, people living and working. And you also kind of have like young creatives represented in, in kind of the same space. You've got like, you know, very historic neighborhoods to our north and you still have like, you know, eight plexes that are, you know, yeah, full of young people fresh out of college just trying to make their way in the world. And so for me, it was like we wanted a, a bookstore that represented a diverse range of people. We felt like Midtown was... Mm-hmm was the best place and best opportunity to do that. And, um, you know, we were fortunate enough to have a relationship with Gary Brooks, who owns this building um, here. And so there's not very much storefront retail space in the core at all at the time. Mm -hmm. And we really valued the proximity to 13th Street and Mesta Park and Heritage Hills um, from a walkability, bikeability standpoint. Mm You know, I mean, there's lots of young families in that neighborhood. And we built this place for the everyday patron. Like, it wasn't intended to just be a destination on the weekend for people from all over the metro area. Right. It's intended for everyday usage. And that's exactly that's exactly what we get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think when I think of commonplace books and, and the kitchen, I think it's... What comes to mind is Oklahoma Standard. Everyone talks about the Oklahoma Standard, right? And it's like a community vibe. Everyone, you know, you do something for anyone that came up to you. And that's kind of the thing that stands out. When I think of that, I think of this place. Yeah. And that's, that's kind nice. of, yeah, and that's like, and that's just from hearing through through people as well. And just, kind of, like I said, what do you see, you see on social media? And just, that's that's the vibe. Like, it's not about just books right it's yeah. a community you have events here all the time um outside of the book world right you have events here as well so 
that's definitely the vibe that 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 is out there that I got yeah. when I first saw the you know saw the store and stuff and, like that. And you're picking up on like you know parts of our kind of guts and DNA that we don't yeah. necessarily like might not read about on a website, but like you know for us we picked books for a reason. Yeah. Like yes, we all love books. Yes, some of the other partners are you know infinitely well-educated and you know mm-hmm. teach greek and latin at the university <laughs> level you know so, right. like, I mean, so i have very very bright friends and partners mm-hmm. um but like we chose books also strategically you know, mm-hmm. beyond our individual and collective passion for them we chose it strategically because we felt like um books and a bookstore um, were a very strategic way to connect people to one another in meaningful ways. Yeah. So if you think about like a bookstore is one of the few places in any given city that you're actually encouraged to be without an expectation of purchase, mm-hmm. right? So we live in this world that is built almost exclusively at this point on mm-hmm. consumption, very little on kind of mutual contribution. And so we just kind of pulled the transactional element, you know, out of the forefront and kind of put a mutual exchange in its place. And we've seen it just right. blossom yeah. and, you know, bear really beautiful fruit um, that has little or nothing to do with, you know, actually selling books, right. even though we, we do that. Yeah. Do you think that's probably one of the reasons why you compete so well with like the you know the Amazons and the powerhouses in the book world because you have you don't focus on selling books. Yeah. You actually I say, mean, come on, hang out with us. Yeah. It's um you know I've got lots of theories about lots of things. Most of them kind of half cocked and mm. uh, not particularly well informed, but I think instinctually correct. You know, and we would say it like this, like. We don't have any competition. Right. So the goal was never beat Barnes and Noble or Amazon or even another independent bookstore like mm-hmm. Full Circle, you know, at their okay. game. It was never like capture market potential. You know, it was so I would say like we don't have any competition. The reason why that sounds like an arrogant statement, it's actually a humble one. Right. But the reason why we don't have any competition is because we're not trying to win. Mm-hmm. And if you're not trying to win, what it does is it frees you up to actually com- create something other than. Right. Um, and when you create something other than, you've differentiated yourself in such a way mm-hmm. that you actually can succeed. Right. You know. So it's like you you turn the whole model on its head, and it's like if you're putting people over profit, you know, then chances are those people are going to support and take care of you in a way that you get to exist and do what you love and do what they love for the next 40 or 50 years yeah so and i think people want an experience i mean it's the same reason why i like you know still go to the record store you know you go in there and you know the guys and they have you know new stuff out and they're telling you about it and you go in there and run into somebody and it's like that's really cool that another person, even just one other person in there sometimes, yeah. cares enough about music and the experience of like getting a record out and you know playing it on a record player. And I think like same thing with the bookstore. People come in here and they look, and it's like the categories are just so different than what you're used to. Mm-hmm. And I think people come in here and they end up discovering something, but they also you know talk to the staff and you know Boz is here, and you just get yeah. a, you just get an experience, and it's really cool. I mean, I work. In, you know, next door 
and I constantly love coming in here and just sitting mm-hmm. and I'm, it feels new a lot yeah. of times mm-hmm. and there's something really great about that that you're just not getting you know Amazon of course they have great deals and there's all sorts of reasons why people do that but mm-hmm. like you you miss an experience you don't yeah. get to talk to anybody you don't get to like you know discuss with anyone anything about the purchase it's just like a a blind thing that takes people out of it and I think I think there's really something for like just that transaction mm-hmm. with another human you know that's mm-hmm. really great is that something you've you've carried across to the kitchen side? I would say so right? for sure. Because yours yeah. yours isn't just a normal restaurant concept, right? You have so many seats every night. Is that right? For yeah, for dinner, that's what we do. Right. We just try to do like a. It's kind of like having a dinner party. Yeah, it's like yeah. you're welcome to our dinner party every yeah. night. You know, yeah. essentially so it's what it is. True. And even I mean, for us, it's super fun. I'm like, wow, I get to eat with new people every night. Yeah. Like this is great. Yeah. Like, you know, and sometimes it's a really great, lively group, and other times it's a really calm group and. No matter what, we still just like sit there and enjoy and eat and people meet and chat and I mean it's really cool like people go above and beyond I feel like to make others like we 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 set the tone for everyone to feel welcome and to enjoy but I feel like our patrons mm-hmm. do that for everyone else too and it's really it's just cool to watch. Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I think ultimately, like, I would say, like, what we have to offer that the Internet or any piece of technology or device, you know, as kind of fantastic as they are, like, is we get to offer up our humanity, mm-hmm. you know, one to another. And I think that's what, you know, our world and society is, you know, right. kind of in desperate need of is just two people who are still capable of being human with one another yeah Um, yeah and i mean it sounds very philosophical and existential but it's like i mean that's the thing that like has always been the case and will always be the case is like i'll take a person over an algorithm like Mm -hmm. any day of the week yeah definitely so chris you came from california to broken arrow when did you come to oklahoma city um, so my wife and I moved to Oklahoma City in 2010, I guess. 2000, okay. No, 2000, uh, 2010, yeah. So yeah. we lived in Norman. We both met in college. And then uh, we uh, we spent, you know, from, I guess I went to OU and moved down there in 2000. Lived there for almost 10 years. Yeah. Met my wife, and we thought, well, we'll never leave Norman. Norman's really great. Why would anybody live outside of Norman? Mm -hmm. And then we were both working in Oklahoma City. We moved here, and I was like, wow, why don't we move to Oklahoma City sooner? (laughs) This is really great. And I think we were coming in at, like, the the time, time, yeah, when everything was happening. Before that, we used to just drive down from Norman to go eat pho and go to the Asian market and go do some of that stuff and then go back to Norman and weren't really connected with Oklahoma City at all. Mm -hmm. So when we moved down here... um, we didn't really know anyone to be honest mm-hmm. even though norman's just not that far away and so my wife and i started doing this thing called the uh food swap okc and we met a ton of our friends now from that and got to just i mean culture and create like a community of people um and there's something really cool about just i mean they're all people that already had a love for food so you have them in the room so there's already that connection mm-hmm. so it's like the the um the interaction and just like the the connection happens so quickly because you already you already have that part so it's not like you're not even like small talking anymore right. it's just like it's diving right into it, it no, and like right. getting these really close friends and I think I think that for us really started it all 
with with just like the people we've met and the people we were around and just got to see um how much other people cared about the things that we cared about and then just like my wife and i've always really been into like like fostering community i guess and just putting that as like one of the more important things and i think that's something all people look for whether it's like you go to your church and you do it or you have a group of people that you get together once a week and do that i think people need that and um that's something that we found is like we needed that and so we just kind of created it and Mm -hmm. people answered the call and um that's uh, i mean we haven't been the same since you know and you guys are i mean just by observation you guys are uniquely gifted at it like at facilitating that and cultivating it for for people i mean and the thing you do that's really different is like you're like heart to explore and discover you know has led you to some really like cool places and pockets in the city that others don't know about and then like what's cool about it is you don't like then hoard that information you like drag people along for the ride yeah I definitely want to you know I always want to share like I'm kind of my son's like that it's like he'll find something he's like gotta tell everybody about it like that's how I feel it's just like you can't contain the excitement for things it's just you gotta share it with everyone so that everyone has it and can appreciate it and um, What's even a fun part I've watched, like, in the kitchen is, like, you know, every once in a while somebody will pull me aside and be like, how does Chris make the hummus? You know, or whatever. And I'm like, I was like, I don't know. Ask him. He'll give you the recipe. Absolutely. It's not like it's, it's like under taboo, lock and key, right? you yeah. know. And, like, I think that's one of the things that's really unique about Chris in the kitchen is, like, you know, again, if you're purely – if it's a pure business model, then – you need people to keep coming back, mm-hmm. you know, to eat the thing that only you can make, right? right? But if it's more than that, it's like, no, Chris actually would love to help you do what he does mm-hmm. in your own home with and for your own family. Absolutely. You know, and it's just a be- it's just a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to watch him just be really open-handed with his skill yeah. and his craft. The true love of food, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah. like at the end, that's what you want. It's yeah. just for people to love you know food and right um get to share it with whoever they love you know yeah. do you have any like uh i'm gonna say clinics is like the right word for it to have like people in cooking yeah you, we've done, just, we did one last, last night, night. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. really fun yeah. we had a group of 16 people i think from uh they did it as a christmas party gotcha so kind of wanted to they were in charge of, of planning a, a Christmas party, and they were like, what, would you do a cooking class right. here? And I was like, absolutely. And my wife and I used to teach them, and I, and I really enjoy it because I'm convinced that you can teach anyone to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it's just like, I mean, this, the skill they may reach is different, but, like, I think the key is, like, you know, there's that, like, everybody has that one thing that they make that they that everybody loves, and so then they're like, oh, I love I right. love making that because mm-hmm. I made that and everybody really responded and wants more and I think sometimes that's all it takes mm-hmm. and then pretty soon they they uh, they love cooking because they just love sharing food with others. Right. I mean I think we all kind of enjoy that yeah. aspect of it and so uh, it's 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 really cool to watch yeah. and it's cool to see people kind of step up or like start from like what is essentially nothing and cook. I mean that's how I learned. I mean I just loved eating and. Went to college and was like, I cannot eat Hot Pockets. You know, what, do I, what am I going to eat? Yeah, I don't have any money. And so, like, I'd call my mom and say, hey, that rice that you make, how do I, how do you do that? And she's like, oh, you know, go to the store and get this, this, and this. I'd get it. Yeah. She'd tell me how to make it and make it. Wow, this is pretty good. I'm going to make something else. And pretty soon I was cooking all the time. And, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's how it starts. And 
it's really cool and there's I think there's a place for that as much as there's a place for people who are trained and went to school forever to do this like high level of cooking that we all enjoy and get yeah, the benefit from right. you know so I think that's what's cool about food is there's all sorts of levels of it and none not one is better than the other I yeah mean, definitely like I for me growing up like I, I, I'm terrible at cooking because I'm scared <laughs> of the kitchen like I'm scared to turn the oven on because I think the house will blow up oh, okay. right? and growing up my mum was trained in went to culinary school and ended up working at a, a, there's a huge Ford engine plant in my hometown uh-huh. so she would work night shifts or shifts until my brother was born and cook for 400 people every night uh, with a huge team and then she was very good at cooking so I was like oh mum's cooking it's fine mm, Yeah. and then I came to college and then they I didn't have to worry about it, right? Because you have meals all day. So, all right, fine. And then I bought my house, got married, and my wife loves cooking. So I'm still yeah, going. You're still in the clear, like, right? Yeah, yeah I'm still in the clear, right? And I'm like getting into it, and she has, <laughs> she has an instant pot. She loves it. And I'm like on my George Foreman with my, you know, stuff yeah, like that. Like, I can go that far, but I'll probably have to come to some of these yeah, lessons because I need to learn. Because if it's I came home and could wrestle something up, and she'd be blown away. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Can, yeah. Before this go- she doesn't can, listen to the podcast. Yeah. So, be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll still be a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. It'll still be a surprise. That's yeah, amazing. definitely. No, and, and again, I watched it just even last night. Like, Chris is a natural teacher, you know, and um, and that comes from, like, you know, this kind of, childlike approach to mm-hmm. wanting to learn and share and it was, it was really cool to, I mean it was really inspirational I learned something every day because right. um, <laughs> I get to ask all kinds of questions like I mean, last night I learned like there's no such thing as a green chili like a green green describes the state of the chili yeah so it's like I was like oh that makes like a ton of sense but like Never had anybody yeah, ever say that out loud before. <laughs> a couple of friends from New Mexico and they love green chili. Right. And every time we go back to play golf, he's, he's always brings some back. Yeah, yeah. And I've never seen it. And I always thought it was green. So yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. some like, as well. It's just it's green. Yeah, like, you have yeah, it. And if you like, hold on to it long enough, they turn orange yeah. and then they turn red. Yeah, so. yeah. It's awesome. Um, so like I said, when when you came to Oklahoma City. I came in 2011, uh, a little bit later, but that food scene was really starting to kick off, and Absolutely. now it's crazy, right? It is so underrated still, um, and just to you know, do you just have that urge to be a part of it? Like I said, you did you know graphic design up until you opened the kitchen, yeah. Um, but like cooking was obviously a huge part of your life growing up, uh, and then outside of having a coffee shop, would you do you think food was the way to go to open this place up? not near to the degree that we've taken it. Okay. So I think there was an impulse to, um, you know, the way we would think about us kind of expand on kind of the practice of hospitality, mm-hmm. you know, cause we figured out like, this really isn't about books. It's really not about right. retail. Uh, it really is about a public kind of demonstration of hospitality mm-hmm. and, pl- and kind of literal placemaking. Right. Yeah. And so where the kitchen came on was like, you know, we want to expand on that experience of hospitality and that lifestyle. Um, you know, the the kind of the key phrase that we really that we really developed. It's a C.S. Lewis idea, and he said we read to know that we're not alone. And we like internalized that and found it to be true day in and day out. And so we said, okay, if we read to know that you're not alone, you certainly gather around the table for a shared meal for the exact same reason. Right. And so. We did not conceptualize the kitchen from the get-go. Like one of my philosophies of life is first who, 
then what? Mm -hmm. So Chris and I had begun a friendship. You know, our worlds overlapped for 10 years, but we didn't like really ever spend a lot of time together. And then we had occasion to, you know, spend a couple hours together. He, Trisha and I, his wife at Elemental and uh, just kind of walked out the door friends, you know? And so when we said like, hey, let's take over this additional thousand square feet and add some kind of food and beverage Mm -hmm. component, like that was as far as we had gotten. Gotcha. Before it was like, well, there's only one person on the list. It's Chris Castro. Yeah. Um, And so really it was like, here's a blank canvas, Chris, to create a menu and to flesh out a concept that's in line with kind of the, the trajectory that we're already on and and he took it from there yeah it's been a lot of fun <laughs> i'm sure it has yeah like, like i said from just being in the creative side of the business to yeah. to now taking your passion to do what you do every day it's it's yeah. what we all dream of doing right Absolutely. yeah you know, but it, it doesn't didn't feel like work. stem from like you know i think there are market driven decisions right which a lot of people make and I'm again I don't fancy myself a businessman so like there are people who have a unique skill set to be able to like analyze the market create something move into it yeah. and it succeed and flourish I would say those people are kind of few and far bet- between because most people like I mean we've even seen it in Midtown it's like you have people that come here for the sole purpose of capturing market potential but they don't understand the place. Right. They've never lived in the place. They're not indigenous leaders. Mm-hmm. And so they're forcing like something that would work in a suburban context into a kind of a newly forming urban one and there's no palette for it, you know, mm-hmm. literally or metaphorically. You know, and those places are short lived and it honestly they do themselves and us and the residents a, a disservice. Right. Um so for us again it's like I'll speak for myself. Like I didn't, I didn't have this like aspiration to open a bookstore because it made business sense, or mm-hmm. to get into like food and beverage because it like there were great margins. I mean, like, <laughs> right. it's like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a like, true statement. Yeah, it's yeah. like no, like we have like a values-driven brand, right? Um, and a lifestyle we want to encourage and perpetuate and resource, mm-hmm. and that's what drives you know these like kind of the growth of our concept and our brand if you will yeah with the with the menu side of things that just all from you would you pick um like your inspirations from family from travel yeah i mean a lot of it honestly is things that we eat at home and then the menu a lot of it is like i just want to make a place my wife wanted to come eat like 100 (laughs) percent like the right. salads are like she's always like the one that makes salads and I was like I'm gonna make some salads and damn it she's gonna love these yeah. and, I, and I just had her in mind and I made them and they're real simple and she loves them and our kids love them yeah. and people come in and comment about how wow this is so simple but it's so good and I, that's been really rewarding like the menu it does feel like uh it sounds, it sounds cheesy. It does feel like a love letter to like my wife in a way. You know, it's right. like it's yeah. not That's like cheesy. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. it's not like I'm gonna make menu for me and then yeah. you know everybody's gonna eat it it'd probably, it'd probably look a little bit different you know and so that's been kind of fun to just like take this thing and also like you know I think things like that have to like fit the space you know so it's not like here's a menu we'll just throw it into whatever space is available right. I think it's like here's commonplace books here's like the feel of the place and like how calming it is like what it, what kind of food does that place need you mm-hmm. know 
Um, and then that's how the mini was really born. More yeah. than like, I have a concept to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to throw it in there, and we're going to make it, you know, try to make it work. Um, and so I think I don't, that's been a fun approach. I think that's probably how I would do anything yeah. from now on. Yeah. It just, it just uh, gives it a little more life. Do you guys do like see the menu changes? I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So every every night it changes as far as um, dinner, and then yeah. the the main staples menu changes will change seasonally. Okay. So, What's but your- cocktails too. That's what's been kind of fun. So we started with like a wine list and a cocktail yeah. list for yeah. whatever reason. <laughs> Deviated hard, <laughs> yeah, and fast, yeah, really hard. Now we just yeah. have a chalkboard, a little chalkboard <laughs> that's on the thing, and I'm like, these are the drinks I feel like drinking and or making today, yeah. and that's what we make. And it's been a lot of fun. People have been really receptive to it and um i just felt like it kind of felt a little bit selfish to like have this list when like ben and i get to have all these wine tastings and try all this great <laughs> yeah, wine and then we're right. not like sharing it with anybody yeah. so it feels more fun to kind of hey we tried this and loved it like yeah you guys should try yeah. it too and then let's try something else next week yeah. you know and that's been that's been really rewarding and and uh i've learned a lot and it's been fun to have people that have these things that they only like and come in and their their expectation has changed which is really cool they just come in and they're like all right i don't know what are you guys drinking what do you, you know yeah and it's been fun to get to share i mean it does feel like we're making friends and yeah. just kind of like sharing with others you know right yeah i mean at the heart of this thing whether it's on the bookstore or the kitchen side it's like we want to facilitate a process of discovery and exploration 100 percent. like that's right that's all we're really up to um and so like that's what we do you know yeah. from the curation of the books to the creation of the menu it's like when you discover and explore and try something new yeah. and we think you'll enjoy it yeah i think what you mentioned earlier like i said the books and people who read kind of might come across as being snobby the same with the wine world right yeah. if you're a wine drinker and you know a lot you feel like you know a lot about wine and someone doesn't yeah like i don't drink a lot of wine but everyone gets that when you put them both together and then you bring in hey this is a great wine it's great with this food to someone who's never yeah you know then then they go they go they go hand in hand right and you know and it levels the playing field a little bit not in like a you know but it's like you might come in and know a bunch about wine but you may have not had this wine that we have and you may have come in and know nothing about wine you still haven't had that wine so it's kind of cool that we're all having dinner having this wine that we mm-hmm. haven't all had mm-hmm. right and it's- having it for the first time and we had a guy come in um two weekends ago and um, we have this Portuguese blend that I'm real crazy about right now. And I'm like, I don't know any of these grapes at all. Like, I don't know what any of these are. But we'd love this wine. And so we were telling him about it. And he's like, he's like, I'll take that. And he's like, I live in Portugal. Or I live in Portugal. Like split time Yeah, there, like, like at least a year? month or yeah. two out of the year. Go to Portugal. So he was like really into Portuguese stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've had all sorts of wine there. And I've never had this or heard of these grapes it was really fun. I mean, yeah, like, that yeah. guy, I mean, he could have taught us all sorts of stuff about Portuguese wine. Yeah. And he came to this little place and had some Portuguese wine that he's never had. And yeah. it was just fun to get to share that with him. Yeah, you know? right. Well, I mean, and that's the word, right, is share. It's like, it's not that, like, we were positioned as some great teacher. No, not at know, all. And you're this lowly pupil. It's like, no, like, we're going to, like. Yeah. share this together and mm-hmm. i'll tell you what i know and you tell me yeah. what you know and we're Absolutely. both gonna walk away better for yeah. it yeah yeah the whole concept right under this roof is sharing yeah you, you know and just a passion yeah. for books and a passion for yeah. food yeah um what's been and this is probably gonna be really hard unless it does stand out what has been one of the best moments you guys have had 
Man, I, I there's been a one, lot. I mean, two, one of my ten. favorites because I still get teary eyed talking about it. Uh, that night that we had, I, think I know what you're gonna we say. had a, a couple or a, a, yeah. a dad and his two kids came in, yeah. uh-huh. like and they, two kids in their 20s. yeah, two kids in their twenties, and they came yeah. in. They were they came a little early for dinner, and we're kind of asking, and we got them started with some drinks, and people kind of started checking in. They were. There's something that seemed like they were here for a reason. Yeah, right? there's a like in a positive way, like an eagerness yeah. about their visit. Yeah, and it was very it just felt like a very intentional visit. And um I think Ben was like, What are you guys celebrating? And he's like, Well, my late wife's birthday was today. So we all got together to celebrate. Yeah. But uh I always get teary eyed. Yeah. Uh, and uh so we were having dessert and Ben's like kind of went and sat with them and kind of asked them if we had permission to like you know celebrate mm-hmm. with them and yeah. Ben put a candle on our pot of creme which is like a house dessert and uh, everyone in the room saying happy birthday to this lady yeah she would have been f- 59 yeah and like um, everybody was her name was Linda crying. it yeah. was uh, yeah I mean it was, it was like the saddest slowest um rendition of happy yeah, birthday ever, you've ever yeah, heard ever. um but like we all walked away changed yeah like, oh, and like felt super special and yeah it wasn't one, a stunt you it know wasn't. And that's right. the thing it's, it's not like, something you record and put on instagram yeah, and say, this is no. what happened you know yeah. come and hang out with us right because like, you don't, can't reproduce it no. like there'll mm-hmm. never be that moment again and we ever. will never try to recreate right. it because like that was their moment and it was mm-hmm. our moment and for those that were in the room that night like yeah. i hope they die remembering it right yeah i mean it's it was and we you and we've had a couple our opening night we had a moment yeah. different, very yeah. very celebratory. But this uh, guy came in, and I buy a. He has a little farm and or owns this little farm in Oklahoma. We buy some produce from him. Yeah, and uh, he's like, can I? You know, we're talking, and then he's like, can I have your attention? And he's like, my wife or my girlfriend Christy, it's her birthday today, and so we're like, all right, well, let's sing her happy birthday. And so we sing her happy birthday, and then he's like, if anybody wants dessert, it's on me. I'm like, this is opening yeah, this is first, first dinner ever, and yeah. this stuff's already happening. And it was just great. And one of our employees actually came from that night. Uh, she yeah. was there for dinner, and um, she's uh, she has a full-time job. And Ben had put out a post saying, like, because we are like, oh, we don't need a dishwasher. We don't need that. We've never opened <laughs> like, a restaurant. Got, what do we, we know? Got, we, we got, got this. this. Yeah. Everybody's just going to pitch in and do their chores. Yeah, and then day two, we're like, <laughs> oh, okay. we don't know our timeout. The mountain so, of dishes. In yeah, the exactly. <laughs> no, after <laughs> about the second 16-hour day, yeah. it's like, help. <laughs> yeah. And so we put out a post saying, like, does anyone want to, Right. Uh, would anyone want to help us out with dishes? And this really great girl who we just are crazy about Leslie, comes. Yeah. She comes and uh, she thought it was a volunteer position, number one. That's she showed beauty. up to volunteer yeah. to help do dishes because she was there at dinner the night before and just loved the community that yeah. was that. Yeah, she, that just, she was a part she of She just that said, night. like, I want to be a part of what's happening yeah. here. Yeah. Right. Um, so she comes here a couple nights a week still. And yeah. Does whatever. Does whatever. Yeah. You know. Um, and yeah, it's beautiful. I, I don't know if I have a single moment yeah. that stands out. That one, the birthday moment was yeah, pretty. That was yeah. Just, um, just watching everybody just was pretty. Was pretty special. And I, I mean, I guess the one that comes to my mind though is the way 
So you've heard us say the word patron, mm-hmm. you know, like we chose that word on purpose. So like, but the way that like we watch our patrons take ownership and responsibility for the kitchen, mm-hmm. like we said it from the very beginning, like this is not my bookstore, this is your bookstore. Yeah. So you have the privilege of using it and enjoying it, but you also have the responsibility of taking care of it. And that primarily looks like taking care of one another. And so like the same idea is like expanded into the kitchen and like, you know, this one moment comes to mind where it's like there's a couple enjoying, you know, dinner and uh, they got my attention and they said, when you serve dessert, would it be okay if we changed seats? And so in my brain, I'm thinking like they're either hot or they're cold or something's not right about they're you know, they're uncomfortable for whatever reason with where with where they're sitting. And uh, as I begin to kind of watch what they're up to, like what they have done is they've identified a young lady who's dining across the bar alone. Gotcha. And they wanted to know if it would be OK if they changed seats so that they could go have dessert. Wow. With yeah, her. So yeah. Sure. And so on their own accord, they get up and they gather their belongings. They move around the bar and they mm-hmm. sit down next to this young lady who comes about every three weeks by herself. You know, her name is yeah. Morgan. She's this beautiful young lady who lives in the area and loves having dinner here. And mm-hmm. I love that she doesn't care whether she's going to show up here alone or not because it's not about that. It's, yeah. I mean, she's going to be together with people. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, they moved around the bar. And, uh, and just took responsibility for the fact that, like, there was somebody sitting alone, mm-hmm. not, you know, particularly engaged in any one conversation and yeah. moved around the corner and introduced themselves. And, you know, when they left that night, they hug and shake hands, you yeah. know, and it's just like, it it's amazing. It's like, really great. Yeah. yeah, it's like people get up every night and, like, they were strangers and they, like, two hours later, they walk out friends. Yeah. And it's really cool. That makes you, I mean, you. It gives you the we're doing the right thing, you know. Yeah. Like I said, regardless of you know of the P and L statement, regardless yeah. of how much money's coming in, it's that's what it's about. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you, you know, you, I'm sure you continue to see that, and it's yeah. great. And I don't. It probably it could happen. I'm sure in other states, but it just feels like it fits in Oklahoma because yeah. that's just how people are. Yeah. No, it's unique. It's unique to this context. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure, the the city's it's the right time for it in yeah, the it life is. of the city mm-hmm. um, to really kind of dig deep, plant something meaningful, mm-hmm. and then you know be fortunate enough to like be patient and let it grow. Mm-hmm. You know. So, has there been any moments of? Um, like oh crap what are we doing or like anything that you've learned from how, it's more like how many of those moments <laughs> any that have really have stood out been, right? yeah. you know. uh, I used this word not too long ago with Chris when we were, he and I were talking and it's like and I mean the word in the best sense it's like there's something amateurish about what we're doing mm-hmm. totally um, but because it's amateurish like it's passionate right and because it's passionate, it's like deeply personal. And because it's deeply personal, like mm-hmm. people connect to it, right? Um, so yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, like I'm still learning the book business every single day. Like, mm-hmm. and I like I'm learning how to manage cash flow and manage inventory and like keep payroll in check and like all of the things that you have to do to make like yeah make business work. But like. 
but it's not overwhelming. No, like, and it's oh crap in the best like, of ways. Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> we're like it's just like no, it's like, like it's yeah. all in good fun because like nobody's taking themselves too seriously. Right. Like joy is at the heart of this. Thing. Absolutely. So it's yeah. like even in like you know I mean after the first week or two Chris and I are like delusional we're so tired and we're just laughing at absolute silliness yeah. you know um, but I'll never forget those days right. and those weeks of like 6am to 11pm you know and it being like I don't know 120 days before Chris gets a day <laughs> off you know and just like I mean it was just like it's hilarious yeah. like it had to have been like comical but like on the other hand, like I think our greatest advantage is that we're outsiders to retail yeah. and to the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. And so we approach it with fresh Completely eyes different. and a new perspective. Yeah. And we ask a whole bunch of like why questions. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I didn't want the kitchen to look like a restaurant. So yeah, guess okay. what? We didn't make it look like a yeah. restaurant. We took like, out a lot of the stainless steel like surfaces right. and wanted it to be warm and wanted people to feel like someone's house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's supposed to feel like a kitchen. And yeah. so like it does. And it's like, you know, you catch wind of people in the industry thinking like, who do these guys think <laughs> they are? But it's like, I don't Right. I don't I don't what you do is matter. great and what yeah. you do is different and I'm gonna be a patron in your establishment and right. with great regularity and like yeah. this is not a competition. We're truly mm -hmm. trying to add something new to our neighborhood. Yeah. And not just be redundant. And um, even we try to make it as engaging as possible. I mean you know, there's not like a, there's a people who are like, if you thought about having like a big menu board and we're like, Yeah, and we're not going to yeah. like and not because we're like above it yeah no. we just we just want to be able to like chat i love just chatting with someone about the menu and i love uh, when they come up and they ask a question and you know it's we we put a lot of those things in place to be able to continue to have those interactions with people yeah. versus like look at the sign did you not yeah. see the sign it's i don't like, want to talk to you you know right um, no it's like we're not yeah it's like exactly like there's things people do for wayfinding purposes and like we actually make it kind of hard and difficult you know at times <laughs> you know to navigate but it's like we want the experience to be long and slow and require another human's involvement yeah you know each step each step along the way yeah it's you know i think one of the things that, like anybody who's creating something new like you have to get comfortable with the fact that like if you're trying to create something for the masses like you've essentially like you've missed the mark already like if it's for everybody it's for nobody yeah, yeah. and so like commonplace that like we've tried to capture like kind of, well, i guess the word i would use is like particularity you know so it's like it's particular mm -hmm. and everybody's welcome but we also are okay with the fact that like it's not for everybody at the right. same time too like some people like like big dusty warehouse style bookstores you know i mean mm -hmm. powell's in portland is like kind of this iconic bookstore it's an right. institution it's like i love powell's this is clearly not powell's mm -hmm. like you can kind of take everything in about yeah. 45 minutes like you don't need four to five day trip to portland to right. go to powell's you know and it's just it's just different like it's contextualized mm -hmm. it's particular and it has like certain people um in mind yeah uh, I'll finish with this one. Uh, what's kind of like the future? Where's the vision? What do you see five, ten years down the line? 
That's do you, such a fun do, question. Do you, do you see like taking this to you know like Edmund or to Norman because it's clearly going to work, right? I think it would. Um, is that kind of what? I would say it like this: like we don't. There will never be expansion for expansion's sake, right? Um, there's so much about this that yeah, while it is transferable. Um, you can't package it either. Mm-hmm. Like this is not. There's nothing. We've gone out of our way to try to not, to try to avoid kind of a generic. Right. It's like picking up a house and moving a house. Yeah. Right. You know, like so for us, context matters. And I'll actually answer your question in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so okay. Yeah. Uh, but like context Just find matters. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Context matters. Yeah. The community matters. Hundred percent. Um. If it's a place that we feel like we can contribute meaningfully, mm-hmm. and there are relationships um, that we get to like tap into and partner with, from a building owner to an architect, you know, to, to a neighborhood, a even. Yeah, yeah, to a neighborhood, to a district. It's like, you know, we're gonna explore those opportunities all all day long. If it's the opportunity to create me- meaning and beauty. Mm-hmm. And connect people to one another and add value. Like you bet. Like we always dreamed, you know, that there would be a network of bookstores that are contextualized to yeah. a given neighborhood. Um, because on one hand, there is something very, very special about commonplace as a whole, books and kitchen. On the other hand, there's something very ordinary about it too. Like. In our mind, like these are the kinds of places that good neighborhoods have, right. yeah. And it shouldn't be novelty. And if we can do anything to, like, you know, help places like this become, not to use our own word, but commonplace, yeah. like, then we're definitely gonna, you know, jump on that. Yeah. Jump on that. And so, you know, we've got fun ideas. Like, we've got a creative group of owners. Like, there's no shortage of ideas and passions. I think.、Um, The difference about our group is, I think there is ambition, and then there is what I would call selfish ambition, and there's virtually no selfish ambition、um, represented in this group. Like our ambition is for, you know, the common good, for the good of a community, the good of a neighborhood, the good of a city, a good of a city, and even the good of you know, individuals. So it's like, yeah, you'll see more out of us. Like,、yeah. I'd be lying if. Mm-hmm. I said any different? What exactly and when? You know, to be seen. Yeah,、right. for sure. Awesome, boys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you、really、so much. This、awesome. has been a great, yeah, great,、uh, great time. Yeah,、sure. fun. Thank、um, you. How does the listeners get in touch? Website, Instagram, social media. Yeah, yeah. I would say you know Instagram is really the best. So.、Okay. Um, You know, so on the bookstore side and kind of all kind of more general, you've got you know at Commonplace Books OKC,、mm-hmm. um, and then the Kitchen Chris is Kitchen at Commonplace.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. And then to book dining, just on the website, right? Yeah,、yep. you can do site. You call. Yeah, that's really, one thing we, we really like the love. It's like, phone calls. It's about <laughs>、okay. like 2018. Like, yeah, we have a landline, and I'm about to say, please call 405-534-4540. Yeah, we、that、have a、fun. notebook. In、but、there, it, and it's just、yeah. real, you know. And that's another like funny、that. thing. Like we thought we like, you know, like leverage technology for reservation. We we're like, we kind of just like it when people call and say、yeah. they're coming and get to ask, like, hey, what's for dinner? And, and people kind of like, oh, hey Ben, oh hey、too. Chris, this is so and so, and it's like, 
it's kind of old school. And it's like really calling, you, calling the house and saying, you're coming out exactly. to play. Exactly. Like, yeah, That's would, you, really would nice. you meet up with friends via an app? You yeah. know, yeah. no yeah. thanks. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. I love that people even feel like, well, I don't know. If you, if you haven't made the menu yet, I'm really craving that. Yeah. You know, it's like people yeah. kind of feel like they can give input, make which their makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's pretty fun. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's so, how we yeah. prefer. Funny enough, I didn't. If you asked me that at the beginning, I would have said, "Oh no, we'll do an app kinda, and we'll yeah. just you know." And but it's like it's it's been cool. It really has. Yeah. Awesome. The phone five three four forty five forty. Yeah. Um, like I said, pleasure. Yeah, um, thanks, Mike. Been a long time coming, but I'm glad we finally did it. Yeah, this I'm is glad really it worked cool. out. Um, and this will go out. Like I said, it'll be 2019 when it goes out, and uh, hopefully everybody listening comes and checks this place out, even if it's just once. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate Catch it. you next time. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us, and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.